Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 6. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday. Steelers Nation and Dave, been waiting a long time to say this. Steelers football is back. Kickoff is tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, preseason opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It may just be the preseason, but it is really the, the embarkment of the 2023 season. Yeah, it feels like uh, Christmas uh, Day finally here, and I mean, especially shoot, going back to uh, uh, the uh, the Hall of Fame game, you know, just uh, week, you know, weekend a few days ago, I guess, and uh, obviously last night there were two games on, and it just it, it puts you in a different mood when, <laughs> and a lot different mood than you know XFL and USFL ball, which you know I watched a little bit bit of that and all, but there's just something about the NFL game uh that really gets you fired up so uh definitely excited and man you know in preparation for all this as well too man i've been having some weird dreams and all like in fact last night i dreamed that you went on twitter and you you tweeted out that journey is better than queen i mean can you imagine can you imagine the nightmare that was uh, <laughs> uh that, that i had i mean uh thankfully that was just a dream yeah, well, tell that to my Twitter timeline, which uh, does feel like a nightmare right now. The internet, I knew the internet would not be happy with that. And so I fell on oh, the Oh, that happened? Here. That really happened? <laughs> yeah, you, this is uh, real life here. You've woken up here, Dave. It did, it did occur. Um, yeah, people are mad about that is the one spicy non-football take that I have that I like Journey. I think it's better than Queen. I know that everybody hates it. You're right to hate that. But I will stand by my rightness until time ends. Do you have a favorite Journey album? I don't have a favorite album, but Separate Ways is legitimately one of my favorite songs in music history, and I think it's better than anything Queen's ever produced. And I know that's going to make you all very, very Uh, mad, and I'm intentionally trying to rile you up here before kickoff. uh, I mean, Separate Ways is a good song, but I mean, if we're talking one-for-one band and all like that, there's to me, uh, heck, I think uh, Steve Perry's uh, Street Talk, his solo album, is a, bunch of, is a better album than any complete album that, that Journey's put out. But uh, all right, uh, well, we had we had our disagreement there. I couldn't believe <laughs> you put that out there. And, and look, you get what you get. You know, my old man used to say, you know, don't don't do the crime if you can't do the time. So uh, you're gonna. How have many to- legitimate uh, new co-host uh, opportunities did you get emailed to you last <laughs> night after that tweet? I imagine there were probably like thirty people. Like, is there really a chance here? Can I come on the show? Is that that probably uh, happened? There were. You ought to see <laughs> a the, the the people that took that that replied in my Twitter feed. Uh, that thought that was serious. And I got, <laughs> five, I think I got five actual emails. Uh, oh uh, people wanting to take your place there. So, oh, man. Uh, look, there you, you better, you better walk uh, the straight and narrow here because uh, there, I got some candidates here, you know, I, vultures. but I put out there for, you know, they have to have good shorthand, you know, uh, they have to uh, put up with a megalomaniac and, uh, uh, a bipolar person who stutters it as 55 going on 75. So there's a lot of people think they want to sign up for that until it actually, uh, until they actually get signed <laughs> up for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume all podcasts will be you and Matthew from now on talking about Neil Pert and something like that. I assume that's, that'll be every terrible podcast. Oh, now, now you're accusing me of being a huge rush fan. I don't now. know. Are you, are you a little Tom Sawyer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, no? I, yeah, believe it or not. Uh, oh Lord, this one got off on <laughs> yeah, the rails. We're gonna bad, get some hate mail on this one. Here, uh, one of my early recollections was a, a buddy of mine at Pensacola High School, buddy, and and uh, some early metal, and his older brother who you know, had every album, rock album uh, under the sun at that time was a huge Rush fan. 
you know, and I, I got into obviously a lot of early hard rock in, in, in my early days and all, but, and look, I, I like rush. I just, I'm not over the top on rush. I mean, I think Getty Lee is a fantastic bass player, Neil Peart, fantastic drummer, but I just never got hard into rushes music and all so i can go if i went to a desert island and had to have a hundred albums of rock albums i don't think any other mm. the, uh, like moving pictures or anything like that those would not be on my must take to the uh desert island type thing Dang. so uh all right all right now uh, uh dig your way out of this one <laughs> now that we've made everybody mad for my terrible music takes and our musical discussion let's talk football let's talk pittsburgh steelers again preseason opener first of three games in this uh, exhibition summer against Tampa Bay tonight at Tampa Bay. Dave, let's just dive right right on in. What are you looking for tonight? You had a post that went up uh, early this morning on Steelers Depot. You guys can read it. Eight non-rookie Steelers players to watch for in the uh, preseason opener. What are your thoughts there? Well, look, if you talk about first, you know, preseason games, the first preseason games, and I, and look, I, I've been guilty of this over the you know years, especially early, early, early stages as well, too. Yeah, you, you can easily point to Kenny Pickett, right? You want to see Kenny Pickett play in this game. You can easily point to, to, to the draft picks uh, in this game. Everybody obviously should be excited to, 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 to see that. And, and we are as well, too. And we'll have film rooms, I'm sure, on uh, however many plays Kenny Pickett plays and 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 any of the and all of the rookie draft picks and all. But I wanted to kind of peel back the layer there because, look, you only have uh, three preseason games. Right. And it's not a lot of time for a lot of these guys to make their case when it comes to 53 man roster spots, and especially guys that. You know, some guys that obviously will be inside the bubble and stay inside the bubble and some of them that that are outside the bubble. So I always like to look at this first preseason game. And I think I started this last year as well, too, of eight non-rookie players that I think fans should 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 watch closely in the first preseason game. And uh, up until uh, uh, Friday of last week, I don't. I'm not sure that this guy would have been on this list. But how can you not have Kendrick Green, kind of, especially on the offensive side of the ball, at the top of this list? I mean, you know, entering training camp, I, I think most people would would agree that this was a guy probably on the outside looking in, and probably a couple of feet away from that outside looking in as well, too. Well, as of Friday Night Lights last week, reborn. Uh, if you will, uh, and, and, you know, with the position flexibility and playing some fullback. So I think it's going to be quite interesting to a see what he, what he, what he does at fullback, how many snaps he gets there, how, how he performs in that area. And I, I think we both agree. We, we, you know, he's be, he's been reborn to some degree at this point. We want, we need to see some of that rebirth take place on the offensive line and specifically mm-hmm. at the, uh, at the center position. So, uh, I don't think, I think, I don't think you can have a list of eight non rookie players to watch in this game without ha- having Kendrick green on it. So that was the first one. Sure. I understand. And I think he will play fullback for several snap snaps tonight, especially early in this game when the presumed starting offensive line is in. There'll be obviously less opportunity second half if he's actually playing center and he's going to play more snaps along the O-line than he will at fullback, H-back, whatever you want to call it. So you still have to watch him closely there. Um, I think he's still at issues in terms of dealing with, you know, speed rushes and finesse rushes and, and stuff you know that tax the outside half as opposed to down the middle and in Pat Myers system and scheme, generally the center gets less help than other systems. The guards are more likely to help the tackles if they're uncovered. And so those centers are in one V one matchups a lot more often. And can Kendrick green handle that? That's going to be something to watch for. And then just simple things like snapping of the football and communicating and, and those types of things that you would expect a third year guy to, to have ironed out at this point, but uh, you still have to check that box. All right, next player on my list, another uh, – I went four offense and four defense, so we'll run through the offense here first. Calvin Austin third. You know, this is, uh, for all practical purposes, I guess you could say a, a rookie on the list, but he's not a rookie technically. Uh, but uh, finally get to see Calvin Austin III uh, uh, under under the lights here. And, you know, according to everything that, that you've been passing along through pre uh, through training camp, uh, as, as, as has had a, a, a good camp overall a guy that we've talked about man if they could get this guy uh you know 
uh, inserted into the offense and him producing some explosive plays on a team that really needs some explosive plays in 2023. Uh, you know, obviously comes out, you know, coming out of Memphis. That's really the, the last I, I'm picking up where I left off. Uh, last year after the draft and studying his Memphis tape overall. I've got a pretty good sense of what I think he can do, but now I want to see him in a Steeders uniform uh, doing that. And I think a lot of people who haven't been able to go out uh, to training camp and see him any of the over of these last couple of years would agree. It's, it's exciting to have him in uniform. And yes, obviously be watching him on the offensive side of football, but hey, what about that return capability, right, Alex? And mm-hmm. uh, 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 for whatever you want to read into it, first on the depth chart ahead of Gunnar Olszewski as far as both return jobs. So there is a lot of reasons to watch Calvin Austin III uh, in this uh, game Friday night against the Buccaneers. I really want to see his route tree. Is he used vertically? Is he used in the flat? Is he used over the middle? How many RPOs do they run? How many option routes does he get? I think it'll be kind of a grab bag, a mix of everything. I don't know if Allen Robinson will play a ton of snaps in this game, probably some 10, 15 or so. And then Austin's going to get a lot of the look the rest of the way. So I really just want to see the usage of him. It's obviously his first time stepping into a stadium. It was August 12th of last year that he hurt his foot. So it's been... 364 days tomorrow make one year since that foot injury that derailed his entire first year in the NFL. So super excited for him to be able to basically have that milestone essentially one year almost to the date to get inside a stadium. And I really want to see what he can do. Uh, Agreed. Okay. Next one on the list. Ant Mac season S Z N. (laughs) Is that that what the kids use these days? How do you do fellow kids? Yeah. Uh, Oh, look, uh, it's Anthony McFarland junior season. And it seems like, uh, every preseason is Anthony McFarland, uh, season. Uh, uh, you can't talk about, I don't think training camp up until this point without talking about, uh, Anthony McFarland. Now, uh, he hasn't had the greatest of competition behind him here, but, uh, it, that's not his fault. You 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 have to take advantage of the opportunities that you get. He it sounds like he has so far. So let's look at Anthony McFarland Jr. again during uh, preseason and specifically. This goes back to talks that we've had most of the off season. Anthony McFarland even said it himself. I'm going to have to find a way to contribute some on special teams on top of it. So. Yeah, look, I mean, I look forward to Anthony McFarland catching a few balls out of the backfield, running with the football uh, on offense. But can we spot him any on some of these? I mean, I, I think we are uh, mm-hmm. some of these special team units, uh, uh, particularly on Friday night. But what is that going to look like, Alex? Is it going to be more gunner snaps for uh, uh, for Anthony McFarland? Uh, might we see him on a kickoff or, or a punt return or two? How can he, you know, he obviously has to hold on to the football and do all those things on offense, but can he integrate himself into at least one special teams unit to increase his value as a number three running back? Sure. That's going to be really key. And he was on my list of names of special teamers or guys that need to perform well on special teams tonight. The overlooked phase of the game, you know, everyone focuses offense, defense teams can make or break your roster spot and. Yeah, I mean, he's got minor kick return value. I don't know if he'll really get a chance tonight. Maybe he'll be an up man, but you figure that Austin and Olszewski will be the the primary return guys. Um, You know, I think he'll be on kick coverage. He probably will get some time there. On the punt coverage team, it's tough. You really can't. He can't be on the line because he's too small. You put linebackers and safeties there, generally speaking. And I haven't seen them aligned as a wing, so I don't think he'll get a role there. They tried him a gunner in the preseason last year. It did not go well. He's gotten a look at gunner during practice and camp this year. So maybe he gets an opportunity there, but he has to be better. And, you know, just not natural. You don't see many running backs playing gunner. They don't really right. need to work their hands that well. It's not like receiver Steve Beast that, that are, you know, they do that more naturally, do that more often. So it's going to be big for him. Now, how much pony do they run tonight? Is he going to be, you know, motioning around and, and in, in the slot? Will he get more running back work tonight? I think obviously he'll get a fair amount of carries because Harrison Warren will play little um, in this game if they play at all. So it's a lot to watch for him tonight. I agree. Good, good analysis there. Uh, next on my list in the fourth and final offense lie, uh offensive player on this list. Look, I mean, I could have, 
built this list 17 plate mm-hmm. 22 players long but uh Nate Herbig uh the Steelers obviously signed Herbig to a two-year eight million dollar contract uh, this past offseason I mean assuming he stays healthy he's going to be on the active 53-man roster uh we know about his uh, position flexibility especially at both guard spots uh a, I'm interested to see if he will indeed play both guard spots. I'm pretty sure he's going to play at least one of them. He should play two of them. But how about some center snaps, uh, Alex? That's the thing that I've been kind of focused on, uh, hyper-focused on, really, for most of the offseason here is who's going to be this team's uh, backup center. Uh, I expect to see him play some center, uh, I think, in this uh, preseason game, and I'm interested to see how that goes. When you... Uh, look, you should never judge people uh, 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 by interviews and all like that. But I kind of wonder how Herbig is as a community. And he has played center before some in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not a lot of it that we've discussed. And I don't think hardly, I don't think any, unless he did it in practice at Stanford, which maybe he did. Uh, but you know, as far as college center experience goes, there's really none to speak of. I mean, he played some actually some tackle, went down that rabbit hole the other. Yeah. Uh, it was other, weird. They switched him between tackle and guard. Yeah, they did. Uh, in fact, I think he. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he started. He did start that game, yeah. And then, yeah. like three plays later, he moved right. to guard, and he was kind of switching. Right. They moved him back and forth in that mm-hmm. game uh, there. But anyway, with, with with him in this game at, at, at center. I just wonder how he is as a communicator on the offensive line. And if, if indeed, you know, if asked, you would think if he's going to be a backup center and gets into a game, he would be asked to make the line calls and, and, and all like that. Right. Or, 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 or would you put that more on Kenny Pickett now, you know, if his backup mm-hmm. center has to come, come into the game. So there's just several aspects of not only his play at center, but the things that go along with that, that, you know, I'm interested in kind of watching this preseason game when it comes to Herbig. I, I think he's fine as a guard, uh, 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 you know, and I think we'll see both him play both guard spots in this game. But how does he look at center? Sure, and he should get time at center. I wonder who the second team center will be. I mean, Herbig has gotten a lot of those reps in practice, but Kendrick Green has not played guard. And so I wonder if the second team center might be Kendrick Green, and then right. maybe later in the game Herbig switches over to center. Um, just because there's still only 14 offensive linemen, you know, active and their starters will only play so long. So we'll see exactly how it goes. I know that Herbig kind of has those island vibes, Hawaii native, but I think, you know, you, no one who goes to Stanford is dumb. And so I think Herbig can right. probably play center communicate. He's been in the league for a little bit. And as you said, Pickett in his second year could probably handle some of that uh, a bit more and help out a center as opposed to his rookie season. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. To me, I just want to see how Herbeck snaps at center. I just want to see how clean the snaps are because he hasn't done it a ton in his career. So that's kind of the number one thing I'll be watching for if he's in the middle. All right, well, shift over to defense. A guy that we've talked about uh, quite a bit since camp opened, not so much before camp got underway. Uh, that's Kenny Robinson. Uh uh, you fast forward into in, into how these safety lines look right now. I'd be interested to see which safeties dress for this game. Uh, but regardless, Kenny Robinson is probably going to play a lot of snaps in this game and 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 play at the free safety spot. And not only is he going to probably going to get some burn, a, a good deal, a good deal of burn on defense, probably special teams as well, too. And and look, if Trey Norwood does not play in this game, if uh, Casey and, and, and Kiana Neal don't play in this game, this this could be a statement game for Kenny Robinson. If Kenny Robinson comes out and, you know, uh, uh, plays really well at free safety, has, you know, a couple of tackles on special teams and maybe forces a turnover on special teams. You want to talk about a guy that can, can, can really take a huge jump toward uh, securing a spot on a 53 man roster. Uh, I, I think of all the guys on this team, on this 53 man roster, where you think, boy, you want to make a definitive statement for a 53 man mm-hmm. roster spot. I, I don't know how you don't start with uh, that list with Kenny Robinson. I'm with you. He's been the camp darling, but can he be more than that? Can he be the preseason in stadium darling and, and, and carry that over? There should be a lot of reps, a lot of opportunities with some of the injuries. And you would assume a guy like Minka, if he plays, will play a series two at most. And then 
that'll be it for him. Uh, but I think Robinson on special teams as well in that direct fight with Norwood. I don't know if Norwood's going to play tonight. Maybe not, considering he's missed the last couple of days, but the injury he was dealing with did not seem to be major. He seemed to be fine on the field walking around. But regardless, Robinson has to you know, be impressive to Danny Smith and continue to make plays in center field. All right, Elijah Riley is the next name that I have on my list. And, and you know, you talk about a guy that I guess you kind of uh, took for granted at the end of last season. He actually ended last season on the 53-man roster. Uh, you know, when you talk about position flexibility, going back to his time at Army, and you kind of go into this camp wondering – you know, what they really thought of him. I think it's apparent now that uh, they think of him as a, as a nickel slot corner. I expect to see him at that position. And he, uh, you know, you kind of push Riley to the side a little bit as well too, in this battle, once Chandon Sullivan was signed during the off season. Uh, I just, I'm really interested to see uh, this 2023 version of Elijah Riley and, 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 and particularly in the slot, I think you already kind of know what he is as a special teamer, which, which is a pretty decent one or should be a, 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 a above average one at that. But within that, I will be watching that phase of the game as well, too. So, yeah, I'm really intrigued with everything that you passed along about Riley so far during training camp. Uh, I think this is another guy that could kind of have a statement game, if you will, on Friday night against the Buccaneers. Sure. We've talked about the slot corner battle enough in the offseason. It's finally good to see it on the grass inside the stadium. And I assume the three slot corners primarily working tonight will be Elijah Riley and Chandon Sullivan and Duke Dawson. And I don't know the exact order that they'll appear in. Maybe Sullivan, Riley, Dawson, but it doesn't really matter. Let's just see how that group looks overall and who can start to separate themselves, especially on rundowns. Because again, I've kind of Said this a couple of times, but I feel pretty strongly Patrick Peterson will kick inside to the slot and nickel spot on third downs, obvious pass situations, as Cam Sutton did last year, meaning the other slot corner needs to be more of a first first and second down, early down, you know, kind of guy. And so who can play the run, who can fit the run, who can tackle well? I think Riley has the skill set for the best of those three, Dawson, Riley, and uh, Chandon Sullivan, but we'll just have to wait and see. All right, next name uh, on my list is a familiar one, especially going back to last year's preseason. Uh, Mark Robinson, the guy we've talked quite a bit about during the offseason. Look, the biggest thing with me and Mark Robinson is me wanting to see more of Mark Robinson. Uh, Sure, he had a nice pre... I mean, how how can you not come out of last year's preseason and not talk about Mark Robinson? He obviously made the 53-man roster, but fast forward through the season, he only dressed for uh, four games. Games. Two of those were the final two games. He only played like 44 defensive snaps and only 16 more on special teams. So I think we still have a lot, or at least I do have a lot to learn uh, still about Mark Robinson. I think he's definitely inside the bubble uh, still at this point. There's no reason, you know, specifically, I don't think that you can uh, think that he won't make the 53 man roster, but I think there is a little bit of question overall about that. I think he can start putting those questions aside, uh, starting, you know, Friday night against Tampa. I expect him to play a lot in this game. I expect him to play a lot on special teams and more than anything. I, I just want to see more of Mark Robinson. And he was on my special teams list in my article as well, because while I think he has the skill set to be a strong special teamer, we don't really have definitive proof of that. I think he had 16 special team snaps last year. And even last summer, I don't know if he really stuck out in a you know clearly positive way on special teams. Now he can hit and he's fearless and he has all the, the traits to, to be one of those guys, but you want to see it. And knowing that you know, playing on defense is going to be a tough path to start the year with Holcomb and Roberts and Alexander in the fold. You better carve out a role on special teams if you can't. And if they keep a fifth inside linebacker, let's just call that Tanner Muse. There's still a chance Robinson could, you know, start the year inactive if he can't prove himself on special teams. So that's going to be really important tonight. I agree. All right. Uh, the next one I have on the list is a second year player that I want to continue to learn more about. Uh, DeMarvin Leal. I mean, uh, he played you know more than a hundred snaps last year, but uh, within that, 
Uh, he was moved around so much <laughs> in the defense. Heck, those final couple of uh, games, you know, more quasi uh, outside linebacker uh, than anything. You you go into uh, this offseason, you go to the combine, and and Omar Khan talking about that versatility and really tried to narrow him down on a position and really couldn't get Omar to do that. So I think you said that he's had his hand down on the ground uh, in, 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 in training camp quite a bit. I'm, I'm more interested now in seeing those snaps with, with uh, the hand on the ground than anything else. I want, you know, you might as well throw him in the Mark Robinson category Mm -hmm. here. I want to see more of DeMarvin Leal and preseason is a perfect time to, uh, to, to accomplish that. He has played with his hand down more than he stood up, but he has stood up. I mean, he has done both. And so as Omar Khan, he was telling the truth way back when in in March that they're going to, continue to lean on his versatility and athleticism and ability to play different positions. So I want to see his anchor against the run, especially if he's playing, you know, four eye or three tech. I want to see the pass rush plan. I think he did show some of those flashes last summer in the preseason. I thought he was able to, you know, string together moves, but I thought in the regular season, he really never had a plan and there really was not a good cohesive strategy or go-to move to become a pass rusher. Too many bull rushers just leaning on guys, you know, couldn't defeat blocks. And so I want to see maybe some refinement of his pass rush plan. And again, good to see him out there healthy. And could that guy play on special teams? Don't think about that too often with defense alignment, but he's such a tremendous athlete. You know, could he run down kicks? I mean, that, that's a possibility. Okay. Hey, uh, what'd you think about my list of eight? And if you had a look, uh, you, you could make this list 25 long and write a book uh, for, for this thing here. But uh what do you think about my eight and give me four more that 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 if you're going to build this out to 12, that should be on it of non rookies, non rookies. OK, yeah, it's a good list. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on on all these names there. Just to kind of think about some of the, I guess, more obvious names of the non rookies. Dan Moore at left tackle in that fight with Broderick Jones. I think that if the season started today, Dan Moore would be this team's you know starting left tackle protecting Kenny Pickett's blind side. He's run with the ones through the majority of training camp and the only time that Broderick Jones has is when Moore has flipped over to right tackle for a handful of snaps. Will we see Dan Moore at right tackle tonight a little bit? I bet you we do a little bit in this game um, to, to get him some in-game experience there. They've they've kind of flirted with it throughout training camp so far. Uh, who else? Let's see. Isaiah Loudermook. I think the whole defensive line battle is going to be really interesting to watch. Loudermook I came to close to putting him on there instead of DeMarvin Leal, but I, I think I want to see DeMarvin mm-hmm. Leal more, but, but uh, carry on. Yeah, no, I think, again, I did my, uh, and I usually don't do it, but I had a, a pre, preseason game, but post kind of first two weeks of camp roster prediction. And I think, again, there's eight defensive linemen fighting for seven spots, and Loudermilk was odd man out, but that's not a slight against him. I've been critical of him over the last couple of years, but I think he has played well. I really want to see what he can do versus Armin Watts and Montrevis Adams in the middle and Fajoko veteran guys trying to jockey for you know positions on the depth chart to state their case to make the 53 really that whole defensive line battle is going to be really interesting to watch but just to put a name i'll go with isaiah Loudermilk. beyond that um inside linebacker just want to see those guys i want to see cole holcomb want to see how he fits the run i want to see him in coverage we expect him to be the you know, all situations three down linebacker this year and i think he's had a really strong training camp overall the inside linebacker room has looked good can that translate over to game action. And so I think Cole Holcomb, you can put on that list. And then the last one overall, just like kind of an easy one, I guess, but Connor Hayward, where he aligns, will he get a running back carry? I think that that's possible tonight. I want to see exactly how he's used. Is he used any differently than where he was a year ago, or will it just be more of the same that he's been doing? So I want to see Connor Hayward as well. All right. Uh, and then once again, I mean, obviously the rookies, uh, you know, all, all rookies going to be paying attention to Kenny Pickett, uh, how, how long will he play and, uh, what will that look like? Really the starters in general, you would think, you know, we'll see, we'll see if what Mike Tomlin, you know, said, said is true. All, all healthy players, uh, will play and, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Watt was healthy and Hayward's healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Cameron Hayward, uh, Minka, Minka should be up and running pretty good at this point. So uh, they they should come out and I don't you know who knows what how Tampa's going to run this thing on their side. But I mean, I I would think that the the, the Steelers 
who the Steelers roll out there on both sides of the ball. In other words, I, I, I could see Tampa probably resting some of their guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coming out of shoot here. So I, I think this, the, the, both sides of the Steelers, you know, offense and defense can make a quick statement here in whatever limited time that they get. They're going to face a familiar foe in Baker Mayfield. It's going to start tonight. And so it's going to feel like old AFC North football to, to begin this one. Yeah, I don't know if Todd Bowles has said about what his starters will do or not, other than Mayfield's going to start tonight. Kyle Trask will start the following preseason game. So Pittsburgh should see Trask in the second half of this game. But let, let me ask you this, just since we're on the topic of quarterbacks, obviously we kind of danced around Kenny Pickett a bit, both excited to watch him, but he's an obvious name to, to talk about. Define what a successful outing for Kenny Pickett looks like tonight. Uh, getting them, you know, a get them in and out of the huddle quickly, uh, clean exchanges, uh, taking his shots when, when he, when he can, I, I imagine we'll see him because look, you, your coverages are usually pretty bland on both sides of the ball on this, uh, just taking care of the football overall, uh, I don't, I don't accept, expect to see any exotic stuff overall, but just kind of managing uh, the situation. And I'd, I'd like to see him drive him down the field on that first possession and, and you finish, obviously. I, I, if he does that, if you're talking about, you know, a 10, 11 play drive, maybe you have one explosive play in that. Uh, maybe you throw, you know, uh, all, 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 all areas of the field kind of uh, covered, you know, throw once to the middle of the field, throw deep once here. And if you, if you put together a 12 play drive and punch it in the end zone, I, I think that's enough. I think you can get him, get mm-hmm. him, get him and Najee and, uh, Deontay and, and, and Pickens all out of the game at that point. So, uh, just want, want to see a clean opening drive or two, however long he's in the game here and, you know, make a play or two. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd love to see a good red zone possession, good red zone drive, get the ball to 15 yard line. You drive it down. You're able to punch it in, not settle for three. And this red zone offense has been really underwhelming. For many, many years, but especially the last two, ranking 23rd in red zone play in 2021 and 2022. Want to see improvement there for Pickett. Just better pocket presence, better yak yak balls underneath in terms of the throws to the sideline and over the middle, and maybe take a shot deep down the middle. If he can do all those things, take care of the football, get out healthy, you know, punch the ball in the red zone, that, that's a win in my book. I thought uh, you uh, redid your 53 man roster prediction ahead of the first preseason game here. So you want to, you want to cover that quickly? Yeah, I can fly through it pretty quickly. And I know much will change. And usually I don't do one before the preseason game. I do them after, but I felt like so much in, in my head had changed from before camp began to before the kickoff tonight that I wanted to kind of go through it and talk it out and see how things look compared to after this game. So quarterbacks remain the same with Trubisky, uh, Pickett, Rudolph, Running backs, Anthony McFarland, jumping all the rookies that have not impressed or gotten hurt. So Harris, Warren, McFarland. Uh, you can call Hayward a fullback tight end. I'm putting him with the tight ends because he works with the tight ends now. It's Fryermuth, Washington, Hayward, and Gentry. Receivers remain the same, so pretty chalk so far. Johnson, Pickens, Robinson, Austin, and Boykin. Offensive tackles, three with, with well, I'll just name all, all was it, nine offensive linemen I'm keeping. Uh, Broderick Jones, Dan Moore, Chakuma Kaur for a tackle. Isaac Sayamalu, James Daniels, Nate Herbig, Kevin Dotson at guard, Mason Cole, Kendra Green at center. So those are the nine I'm keeping. Let, let's kind of pause and look at the offensive line, Dave. Those are the nine I have. Do you have any differences in terms of where you would be at compared to what I have right now? What was the change here? You, you went nine the first time, right? I think I had Spencer Anderson, I believe, on there. I had Dotson and Green off. I think I had... I forget. I have to go back and check. I know I had Anderson on and maybe, maybe LaRaven Clark. And then okay. I, but I, I, I swapped them out for Dotson and Kendrick Green. I think Green would be that eighth active offensive lineman, Dotson inactive. He could still be traded, but he could be also really valuable depth for this team. All right. So you're, you're buying into all, 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 all the green stuff so far. But, and, and obviously his play at center in the preseason is going to go a long way in whether or not you, you keep, I mean, we're all interested to see the fullback stuff mm-hmm. at, at this point, without a doubt. But that him, him, him showing well at, at, at fullbacks, not going to just be enough. Right. Right. And, and, and I do want to be careful not to buy too much into the hype 
for a couple snaps at fullback because the offensive line is still first and foremost, and it's still, I think, a big concern. I think he may have some ugly reps at O-line tonight, and the first bad rep he has there, everyone's going to turn on Kendrick Green and talk about how he's got to be cut, and it was a terrible pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just didn't know what other linemen to really put on there. I mean, it could be an Anderson. Beyond that, you know, is Raven Clark really played well enough to make the 53? I don't, I, I don't, I'm not in that camp right now. And I think Green actually could have that interesting value as that eighth offensive lineman, where usually that guy does nothing for you besides, you know, field goal protect team. Green could actually give you the occasional snap at a fullback. And that's pretty intriguing. So Kevin Dotson would be an expensive inactive here, right? He would, but if there's a long-term injury, then that's going to really, you know, come in because Green really can't play guard. And so if Herbig had to step in for somebody, Dotson, that next week becomes active. And I mean, I know it's expensive, but Pittsburgh's okay cap-wise. And if he's the best ninth offensive lineman in football, I'll take it. I think O-line depth is really scarce. It's really valuable. Pittsburgh's whole mantra this offseason has been building depth. So why not continue that? All right. Uh, I, I still wonder if uh, Spencer Anderson can sneak on here, especially if we see him uh, do well. I, I, you know, if you're talking about rookies in this in this first preseason game uh, and draft picks particular, uh, you want to see how 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 many uh, positions that that Spencer Anderson plays Friday night. Uh, I am interested in right tackle spots, though, because if he can if he can if he can show that he can play a little bit of right tackle, uh, I, I, I think we feel, how do you feel okay about his guard play so far uh, in, in the snaps of preseason? I mean, in, in training camp. It's probably been tougher to evaluate. They haven't done it a ton. He's gotten some work at both guard spots. I have not been able to evaluate that as cleanly. I think he's a good athlete with good feet. He can mirror the run blocking. I'm still less sure of, especially if he's playing inside at guard. Um, but I think tonight will go a long way in that evaluation. He should play at least some tackle. It could be left, could be right, maybe some guard as well. We'll definitely get tackle action, and, and we'll take it from there. All right, what's different on a defensive line for you, Alex? Uh, what did or I change? There? Uh, there are some changes with uh, Watts, I think. I don't know if Watts actually was new or not, but the, the seven that I have here are Hayward, Ogunjobi, Leal, Watts, Adams, Benton, and Fahoko. Adams was definitely not on my first roster prediction, but he's continued to run first team. He's had a good camp. I think Benton has, has looked good and had his moments as well. I know that keeping three quote-unquote nose tackles on here uh, made some people question that in Adams, Benton, and Fahoko, but Adams and Benton can play sub-package, and they're, they're athletes and, and, and pass rushers. Uh, pass rushers and capable of doing that. And Fahoko, I think, has just had a really good camp. I think it's a really good run stuffer playing some of these AFC North teams late in the season. Fahoko might be a value. So I know it's heavy, but I think it's been a really strong group overall. And there's going to be some awfully tough cuts here. Yeah, I know for sure that I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't have Adams on 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 my first 53. So it, the only I, I, I am interested to see how look Benton's going to be on the 53. We know that, uh, will both Adams and Fahoko be on there or will it just be one of the two? And I think we'll start sorting that out, uh, on, 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 on Friday night here, uh, edge rushers, you went with the same four, right? Well, I had David paralysis, my uh, undrafted free agent, uh, shot, which, uh, definitely missed. I don't see any other, you know, fifth outside linebacker making a push for the 53 fighting for practice squad. Sure. I think those guys in special teams, whether it's Roche and Duke way paralysis is going to be really important for them. But yeah, just Watt, Highsmith, Golden and Herbig. And then Leal can, can filter in if he needs to play stand up and that, that should be enough. Well, I sure hope Herbig gets cleared to play, you know? Yeah. I'm guessing i i don't know i'm guessing he won't play he has not practiced in team the last couple of days but we'll have to see all right uh inside linebackers i don't know well, obviously Juan alexander's been signed since i think i had uh kwatowski on my my previous edition he's off and so it's holcomb roberts alexander robinson muse i think pretty standard pretty predictable the roles in which those guys will have are probably more interesting to talk about and look for but those should be the five all right, uh, cornerbacks here. Uh, some changes with Corey Trice going on IR, but my five here are Peterson, Wallace, Porter, Pierre, and Elijah Riley. Again, Riley more in that rundown, replacing what Arthur Millett provided. Pierre coming on to replace Corey Trice will be a backup outside corner, likely a starting gunner. And speaking of guys, I hope play tonight, Porter Jr. Will Joey mm. Porter Jr. play tonight? He didn't practice on... Uh, what was it, Wednesday there? So we'll have to see. I really hope that he does, but I think it's kind of a coin flip if he suits up. 
All right. Uh, and obviously you don't have Chan. Did you have Chan and Sullivan on your first one or no? Honestly, I don't remember at this point. I don't think I did. I forget exactly what I had there, um, but uh, he's not on there right now. All right. Safeties. And I believe Kenny Robinson's in addition, right? He is replacing Norwood. I think those guys are classic Tomlin, two dogs, one bone, fighting for that fifth and final safety spot. But it's Minka, Neil, Casey, Killebrew, and Robinson. Again, it's an ongoing battle for Robinson and Norwood. I know some people will say get Killebrew out of there, but special teams value up back on the punt team, leader, likely almost guaranteed special teams captain. Should he make this roster, it's going to take a lot for Killebrew to get bumped off. All right, as far as specialist goes, you went uh, full incumbents. I did, and that's one change. I had Braden Mann as my punter on my pre-camp edition. I'm not going to Presley Harvin. I think he's been a touch better, especially with the pin-deep, coffin-corner type punts in camp. But I think what happens inside stadiums count a whole lot more than what's happening without a rush on a, on a practice field in Latrobe, PA. So that battle will uh, be ongoing. But yeah, I have Boz, Harvin, and Christian Kuntz. All right. Good job. Good job. Interested to uh, to see how this one uh, comes uh, to the uh, finished product here. Look, it's a process. We do this more as an exercise for us more than anything, but it is. And and uh, will you go ahead and guarantee that uh, this 53 won't be the 53? <laughs> I think I can go ahead and do that. Is there anything that you saw that was like, OK, I really disagree with that or I really would. If I know that you're not making one before kickoff, but right. if, if you did, which was something where you went, man, I, I just instinctively I'm going to go in a different direction. I still want to go instinctively in a different direction than Montravius Adams. Okay. Uh, that sticks out. And uh, there's just something about me and wondering if Kevin Dotson is going to be on this 53. You know, do you think uh, they would cut him? I mean, I think a trade is a real possibility. I, I still think no, I, I still think a trade's a possibility okay. uh, within that. Uh, I'm really interested to see if if, if, if Spencer Anderson. Uh, look, we know who Lil Raven Clark is. I don't get excited about uh, 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 that aspect of it. But, you know, can, can a guy like Spencer Anderson uh, prove enough versatility to give you enough comfort that he could be take Kevin Dotson's place on the inactive list. Let's say. I get that. I understand if, if, if that were to happen, I, I guess there's one concern that that's pretty young O-line depth. If Morris the starter and Jones is a backup and then you have green as a backup and Anderson as a backup and Herbig as a backup as well. Herbig is, is kind of the more veteran type there. There's not a ton of experience behind your starters. And I think Pittsburgh's going to value some of the experience depth almost like they do at quarterback, like Mason Rudolph as a number three, a hyper-experienced guy, kind of like the same with Kevin Dotson, a really experienced guy that can be called upon at a moment's notice. I think I think Kevin Dotson would hate being inactive, but but such is life. And and really the only other thing that I still wonder is how's that backup center spot going to shake out here? And is there uh, somewhere, someone floating around on another, another team's roster right now that is center slash guard capable that, might end up on this team. Right. I know we looked at that list of centers and it was hard to Not find great. a name, but but we never know what's out there and who might impress in the preseason. And again, Kendrick Green, I, I, I had the, the the quip that I'm I'm I don't want to chug the the green Kool-Aid, but I'll take a sip of it right now because I understand there's some intrigue there at fullback, but it can't all be about fullback. It's right. still offensive line first and foremost. And if Kendrick Green is the third string center only on game days and can play fullback for a couple of snaps it's still not a ton of value. And I think he's still going to have some struggles along the offensive line. So I just want to be, you know, I want to be careful of, of how, you know, I don't want to pretend like I'm cementing green on this roster right now. Uh, outside of uh, being on the field goal or extra point team, uh, where might we see Kendrick green on a special teams unit Friday night, if at all? I don't think anywhere. I don't know where else okay. you could play him. I mean, I, I, if you, you know, feel free to disagree, but besides field goal protect team, what else is there for him? You're right. I, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to create versatility for him. <laughs> yeah. But if, his versatility in, in my head, it, it'd, be, it'd be fullback. It would be because I mean, right. how many, you know, eighth offensive lineman in football can, can do that for a couple snaps. Uh, very, very few, if any. And so that would be, that would be unique to him. And that would actually be interesting because, again, they're going to have eight active on game day because that's how you get the extra spot available to you. And so Green can actually provide something most eighth offensive linemen cannot. All right. Uh, what are some super unique things 
to, to look for. I don't know if we're going to have a post on this uh, today. So I want to kind of cover this uh, like backup uh, punt personal protector. Who might that be? Elijah Riley, probably. I think Trey okay. Nord had been doing it in camp. And if Norwood plays tonight, then it may be him. If not, then I think Riley could get the opportunity. So, you know, I mean, not that it's going to create a ton of value for you, but more things you can do, it doesn't hurt. And so for a guy like Riley who can play soccer and a safety backup punt uh, protector, of course, probably be a starter, a special teamer on, on other areas of that unit, probably starting left wing tonight. You're going to see for Elijah Riley, all that can can add to his value. And, and that's especially a leg up over Chain and Sullivan who really can't do those things. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're, we're like. A lot of people don't like listening to it or, or us talking about it, but that's the kind of stuff that 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 drives us in, in these preseason games. Right. Uh, what mm-hmm. what other uh, extremely unique things uh, should, should 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 listeners look for tonight? I mean, again, some of the hyper versatility of even guys like Lattimoke and James Mwaya playing stand-up outside linebacker. Will we see more of that, especially if a, if a Herbeck does not play tonight? You may see some of those snaps and just see how a guy like Lattimoke plays on his feet. Not that it's meaning that he's going to definitely do that in the regular season should he make the team, but just how does it look? Does, can he can he play in space, play on his feet, drop into coverage once or twice? Who the heck knows? So I think some of that stuff may be foreign-looking to fans, but stuff I've seen in camp. All right, and I and you kind of uh, uh, hit hit this when we ran down real quick talking about Connor Hayward. How about a how about a Connor Hayward in the backfield? Yeah, I would not be surprised at all if he gets a carry or two tonight. I think he's going to line up in the backfield on some third downs as a as a pass protector, as somebody who can run out in the flat. Because once you get past Harrison Warren in terms of you know pass protecting running backs, it's pretty pretty light. I mean, McFarland never going to be you know good there, and I mean Bell and Hagens will get some some looks back there, but I could definitely see Connor Hayward do that. You may see some throwback screens. You're going to see probably some. I mean, not that it's uh, unique, but some of the jet plays and probably some funky looking stuff in the flats, some of that quick game type elements in Canada's offense I've seen repeatedly throughout training camp. Um, but you're probably going to see a couple extra screens tonight as well. I don't think we'll see the old uh, Mike Tomlin uh, emergency snapper thing. But if they <laughs> did, uh, I think we have both kind of decided that uh, if if someone uh, uh, not named uh, uh Oh, uh, Holcomb or, uh, or Koontz? Koontz or uh, who's the uh, other one? Rex, uh, Rex, Rex Sunahara. Right. If 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 it's someone other than that, it's probably going to be Cole Holcomb, right? I don't I mean, think I, we'll, I, I don't think we'll see it, but I'm saying if we did see it, it would be Cole Holcomb. We think it, it sounds like it, but yeah, I think it's going to be Koontz and uh, Sunahara doing the snapping tonight. All right, I want full credit if for some reason I know you do. If that happens, if it doesn't happen, just forget I even mentioned it. Don't bring it up All again. Right. Uh, what anything else strangely unique you might be looking for in this game? I mean, I hope they run some dime. I want to see what the dime personnel looks like. And Peterson, does he shift around some in this game and rotate and, and bail to the deep half or deep middle? He's done that a couple times throughout camp. So I just want to get eyes on him inside a game. I know he's not going to play a ton of snaps if he plays at all tonight, but I, I want to just start being able to chart that and and, and see what that looks like. Um, what about just your expectations for the rookies? I, we haven't talked about them specifically too much. Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, et cetera. What are you looking for? Yeah, just uh, your, your, your typical stuff there. I, I think Broderick Jones is going to get plenty of burn in this game, uh, potentially not only at left tackle, but maybe we'll even see him a little bit at, at, at right tackle in this game. Uh, Spencer Anderson, we've, we've talked about how many spots on the offensive line will he play uh, in this game. Uh, man, hope Joey Porter uh, Jr. dresses and, you know, obviously just interested in whatever snaps he plays on the outside there. Will he get any burn on special teams uh, with that ankle? I don't know. I mean, I, I think you'd be just gracious enough to get him out there on defense first and foremost. But, I mean, if he's healthy enough to play, he might be able to play a special teams uh, snap or two uh, when, when it comes to that. Uh, really, uh, with, with with everything that, that you know, the, the camp so far that Herbig has played, assuming uh, Nick Herbig, assuming he dresses, how does he play again? against the uh specifically against the run i think we know he's got a good get off and you would expect him to some of these 
potential uh, future furniture movers. You would expect him to, to be, be pretty good off of the edge when it comes to that. So uh, there's that aspect of him. Unfortunately, obviously not going to see uh, Corey Trice Jr. because of injury in this. And who does that leave? Did you mention uh, Washington? I really want to see Washington. Uh, Washington, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a lot of burn for 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 Washington in this game. Uh, in the red zone, can 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 you get the ball to him in the red zone here and get a touchdown out of him? I think there's a a pretty good possibility of that happening there uh, with him. And you know, everybody's going to be excited to see how he could do in the run game, uh, specifically as a blocker attached to the uh, line of scrimmage. I really want to see Washington as an inline blocker. I, I've kind of mentioned this before, but I think there's going to be some really good. I think when he can work angles and seal guys down, he's probably going to put some poor undersized defensive end into the third row. I mean, I think he's going to be able to have that kind of impact there, but as a base blocker, can he square up and have good posture and not get over his toes and fall off a of blocks? I think it'll kind of be a mixed bag of stuff and pass protection. Will you see him a couple of times, maybe chipping and on a defensive end, maybe solo from time to time. So that may be, Interesting there, but I, I think you're going to see some good from Washington, some bad, some typical rookie stuff. I just, we'll see how it all plays out. All right. All right, Dave, anything else that we're missing here? I think that probably covers it. Uh, you want to get, well. get, want to get to the email bag here? Yeah, let's get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show. All right. From Jeff and Raleigh, Alex, what is the most obscure Steelers Jersey you've seen a fan wearing at St. Vincent college this year? Hmm. You know, I try to make a note to to look. I'm trying to think about, I don't know if I've seen anything crazy obscure. I'm trying to think back if I've seen, here, here's what I'll give you. Um, and I, I was going to put this in my notes, but I didn't want to put somebody, you know, just a, a bystander on blast. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was somebody who had a Chase Claypool jersey at the Friday Night Lights practice sitting in front of me. And they had a duct tape over top. With the with Joey Porter Jr.'s name on it, so it was a Chase Claypool jersey. Didn't change the number, but it was Porter's name duct tape written in like Sharpie over top of Claypool jersey. <laughs> Don't understand all the all what was happening there, the, but the minutia. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of decisions being made there, but yeah, it was a it was a Joey Porter number eleven jersey duct tape. So that was a that one stuck out to me. All right. Uh, thanks for the email, Jeff. Uh, Bryce writes in, uh, loving the camp coverage. Keep up the good work. Some questions. He says, Alex, from your observations at camp, have you seen better spacing and route combinations being practiced in the passing game? Hey, that's probably going to be hard, a hard question to answer. Uh, uh, I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that as the preseason goes along. But what have you seen, if anything, when it comes to spacing and route combinations? I mean, it generally looks good. You're right. It's hard to see watching live and not from the bird's eye view that we're going to have, uh, you know, for the all 22 and, and, and being able to watch replays and on TV tape and, and those kinds of things. So it, it generally always looks good in, in practice and training camps because it's designed to, to look that way. You know, you know exactly what you want to call. It's all scripted out and not done on the fly. So, I mean, it's looked fine, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot to me because those things can can obviously change. All right. Second part of this question is you guys wrote an interesting article a couple months back about the Steelers failing Kendrick Green. Well, they not only failed him, they failed Kevin Dotson as well. He writes, uh, I wrote in a uh, I wrote in a year ago that Dotson might not be uh, position flexible and needed to anchor in at right guard and learn the position. They made him a left guard and it doesn't work. And if Kendrick Green was a sixth round pick instead of a third. He already would have been moved to fullback. He says, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I understand the point because he was pretty much exclusively a right guard in college, right, Dave? Right, I think you had right. the numbers on that. Um, 50, well, five games, 56 games, something like that. Right. But I think him flipping the left guard is not the drastic misevaluation that Kendrick Green was because again I go back to the comment Mike Tomlin made during Green's rookie year I think it was in uh, a thing with Bob Labriola about you know what were you looking for when drafting Marquise Pouncey's replacement and Tomlin saying they wanted a, a day one ready guy an upperclassman a senior they wanted somebody that played a ton of center and Kendrick Green was none of those things it was like he was describing a totally different person and so I think that whole combination of things is pretty different than a right guard going to left guard, which is a lot more common with, with prospects. All right. Uh, Brandon writes in Alex. Uh, okay. Alex, I saw you getting some well-deserved love on NBC edge. So I, I haven't noticed that, but exp Me neither. I, I, I guess you're getting a couple of your 
probably your camp tweets out there uh, on NBC Edge there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jay writes in, watched an interview from August the 6th with Kendrick Green, Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington. Jones seemed to really light up when talking about Kendrick Green coming in at fullback. He says, it got me thinking uh, who will have more, who will have more green at fullback or Darnell Washington catches. He says the sky is the mm. limit for, for Darnell. If he stays healthy, Pat Firemuth will not be re-signed in 2025. Been listening uh, for a while now. Always a great podcast here. Uh, look, I, I, we all hope Darnell Washington is that dude. Uh, there's no reason right now to think that he won't be, but within that, I don't know if we will see enough just yet to say that because of what Darnell is and all that, that prior Pat Fryermuth will not be re-signed. And look, if you're going to re-sign Pat Fryermuth uh, or extend him, such such a transaction would happen next offseason well ahead of 2025. I know it's a hypothetical and the person's high on Washington, but how about he plays a game tonight? And then we'll kind of talk about the future and all those kinds of things from there. I think an interesting question, was it the question for tonight, more Washington catches or green I, fullback? Or is that a regular says, season he, question? I, I, I think maybe a, a regular season question got me thinking who will have more green at fullback or Darnell Washington in catches. I, I think if, if you now, if you want to, if you want to look at that tonight, I don't know. You could see more green at fullback mm-hmm. than Darnell Washington catches. But if you want to look at it for the regular season, I would expect Darnell Washington to have more catches than 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 Kendrick Green snaps at fullback. How many catches do you think Washington has this rookie year? Ah, uh, not going to be a ton. Eighteen jumps in my head for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm in that range, that 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I guess so. Green, I think Green would get less than that if he does make the team. I mean, if he makes the team, then obviously they they have a plan to probably play him at some fullback. I don't know if he'd get. I mean that that'd be one snap a game. It, it would yeah. be a it would be a close. It, it would be a close. It would be a discussion to have if, you, if he gets that far. You just wonder. You get in the game. We have like three goal line dives because you're trying to punch it in. Maybe Green racks up a couple snaps there. You know, back to back to back. But interesting question. Jesse Hernandez writes in, hey, guys, thanks for taking the question. Alex, after this padded practice, uh, and I, this was from uh, three days ago, uh, how would you compare what you've seen and what you expect to see from Nate Herbick to good old B.J. Finney from a year, few years back? Would we feel as secure as we did about him back then? Uh, I know this is going to fire good old Dave up and his love for the pulling guard uh, on the power play. Uh, let, let me jump in here real quick. And, and, and first and foremost, we compartment. You know, there's only uh, there's only uh, there's only so many things that you can put into your memory bank to for all these players over the years here. But when I read this and and, and I see B.J. Finney's name in here, I'll tell you the the thing that sticks out the most about me about B.J. Finney and his career with the Steelers, it was. The fact that in those starts that he made at left guard <laughs> against Kansas City, <laughs> against, I, I yeah. think against Kansas City, uh, particularly, he really showed up well. I think overall, when asked to play at left guard, I always thought that BJ Finney was a better left guard than he was at, 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 at center there. So, uh, now, as far as the rest of the question, what do you expect to see at Nate Herbig? Uh, how would how would you handle the rest of that, uh, Alex? He's just asking me to compare Herbig and Finney. It seemed to be the yeah. He says, for, "How would how would you compare what you've seen and what you expect to see from Nate Herbig to BJ Finney?" So, it, it, I guess it, it, in short, is Nate Herbig an an upgrade over BJ Finney? I mean, I want to obviously get see, see eyes on him in a, in a uniform inside a stadium tonight. I, I would I would say yes off the top. There are some similarities. They both are kind of versatile guys. I think even B.J. Finney had a random right tackle start at Kansas State, you know, kind of like Herbig did at Stanford. But Herbig is much bigger, more of that road grader. Finney didn't have quite the size and the power. He was kind of a bit more of a technician, stay on your feet, you know, just kind of stalemate you out kind of a dude that was more of a natural center than Herbig is. And so that's a bit of a difference overall, but I think off the top, 
the big difference is, is that Herbig literally is just, you know, a more massive type of dude and more of a, a mauler in the run game. Uh, Devin Beerley writes in, uh, hey, guys, thanks for all your hard work. I was thinking while listening to Monday's episode about the possibility of Kendrick Green playing special teams. Then Dave briefly brought it up. This may be a stupid question, but are there ways to get him on special teams, returns and kicks? I know he doesn't have it in his background and it hasn't ta- and hasn't tackled probably since high school, but I'm just thinking of ways to use him to make him more valuable. This is all assuming he works out at fullback. Can this work? Why or why not? Look, I, I, I briefly brought it up. It's, it's, it is hard to get him on the field on special teams other than a field goal protection team. And even then, if Kendrick green is on your field goal protection team, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because probably something's happened for that to happen. Uh, there, I do kind of wonder because of that straight line physicality, if, if, if maybe, uh, uh, some sort of up back, uh, you know, r- run straight forward and hit somebody to free up uh, a, a returner. And, and, and that's, that's going out there on a ledge. It is. I mean, if you really wanted to think about it, you know, if you, if I had to put him on a different unit, if Danny Smith came to me and first of all, I'd be starstruck uh <laughs> if danny smith came to me and said kendrick green has to play somewhere else besides field goal protect i think he'd be on the kick return unit in terms of trying to be maybe maybe not up man because i think the kick returner would outrun kendrick green but one of the front five guys that are trying to throw a block there initially i mean he did he was a, a defensive tackle at illinois before switching to, to offensive line very early in his college career so you know, could he try to tackle on a on a kick coverage team? I mean, Pittsburgh has had big people do that before. Brett Kiesel ran down kicks and punts early in his career. Henry Henry Mondo was doing it a little bit um, later on. So again, I don't expect it, but if you wanted to think about it, those are some things to think about. Austin Hackett writes in about Trey Sermon. Would he make sense as an outside free agent ad around? Cut days to the 53, says the Eagles running back depth chart includes Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Gainwell, Boston Scott, in addition to Sermon. I believe Steelers had pre-draft interest in, in Sermon the year they drafted Najee. Maybe they see Sermon as someone more capable of filling the Benny Snell role from last year. Uh, and they were able to keep McFarlane on the practice squad all last year. He says, I know it's early in the process, but just curious uh, of your thoughts of Sermon. Sermon, first of foremost, he's had a problem staying healthy, right? I don't know for sure. Uh, I haven't followed his career too much, so I, I couldn't tell you about the injuries. I, I think the big thing, Austin, when it comes to Sermon is uh, in this preseason, can he do anything on special teams? For the for the for you know for for the Eagles and mm-hmm. uh, that that would go a long way into probably determine and and I do believe they did indeed have have pre draft interest and in, I think I had them drafting Sermon in uh, one of my mock drafts that year and all like that so uh, if you're interested Austin flip on over to that Eagles preseason game and tell us how he does in in on special teams or look at the you know see if he made any special teams tackles because that that would kind of be a ticket I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, for him yeah if they do get a third running back from outside it's going to be somebody who can play a heavy dose of special teams all of Benny Snell and kudos to Benny Snell in Detroit finally signed with the team so so good luck to him uh I have spent no time thinking about cut down guys external options that's a later in August thing for me I think Sermon though just in my 10 seconds of research is a really good thought pedigree guy third round guy he did play 51 special team snaps in 2021 with the 49ers had two tackles um you're right there was a report from Tony Pauline in 2021 the Pittsburgh loved Trey Sermon that you had written earlier that year that uh, Pittsburgh had met with him they were fans of him obviously take Najee Harris in the first round that year takes him out of the running back discussion later on so that may be a name. I, I may I may steal that one from you. Uh, was that Austin that sent that? That's a pretty good suggestion. All right. David Miller writes in, I know camp stats don't mean a ton, but how do Kenny's compared to Big Ben's since you started tracking? Uh-oh. Hey, Careful I mean, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, camp stats. Look out. Uh, you thought my, my journey takes were bad, and camp stats is a whole other uh, hellscape on my Twitter timeline. I'd have to go back and compare the completion percentage right now. I think it's a bit lower than, you know, compared to Ben's past years. But I would say for Pickett and for all these quarterbacks, just the yards per attempt, the yards per 
uh, completion are way up over even last year. Last year was a lot more conservative, and obviously there's some yak mixed in. But I think just even watching just the eye test, this, all, all these quarterbacks are being more aggressive. They are throwing the football downfield, which is more confidence and comfort for guys like Pickett and Trubisky in year two with the team. So um, it's hard to have that comparison top of my head, but I would say a bit lower completion percentage, but a bit higher downfield throws. And those generally a correlation there. The more you throw downfield, the lower your completion percentage typically is. All right. Uh, all right. We got through all the emails here. Uh, let's tell the folks what they can look forward to over the next 24, 48 hours. Uh, Alex will have a live blog. Ross McCorkle back on uh, live blogging uh, the game in a thread or two. We haven't determined if that's going to be one thread or two threads uh, on, on, on the site tonight. So if you want to follow along and, and chime in on the comments there while the game is going on, you can do that. Obviously, anything that happens pregame coverage, uh, you'll Maybe some guys get scratched or whatnot. We'll we'll be passing along that. A lot of great pre-game uh, articles and all you can read on SteedersDepot.com. After the game, the return of Tom's 10, Tom's 10 takes, which uh very excited about. I think Tom does a fantastic job. That's one thing that I love to read mm-hmm. after every game uh, there. So Tom's 10 takes will be back tonight. Uh, I think Joe Clark will be writing up the uh, game uh, recap right after the game. Uh, we'll obviously be jumping into film rooms and all that kind of stuff. Are we going to have uh, 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 Alex Kazora's stats of the weird tonight, Alex? No, as much as I love my stats for the weird, I don't do them for the preseason. I do them just for the regular season, but I'll have kind of a winners, losers, and a lot of film rooms later in this week once we get the all 22. Right. So a uh, lot to look forward to. And look, right after the game goes over, we're, we're going to go right back into the TV copy, I assume, tonight at some point. Obviously, post-draft or post-game uh, interviews will pass along whatever we can get of that to everybody. So it's going to be a really an, an exciting uh, 24, 48 hours as we start heading back into Alex being back out at uh, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe on Sunday when they resume uh, training camp practice with that winding down there. So uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter slash X at Steeders Depot. Mm-hmm. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora for his bad music takes, which uh, <laughs> I would like to apologize for. Uh, follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, steedersdepot.com, uh, hit the donate button upright, navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad free button upright, navigational bar. Good show. I think we got this knocked out in an hour. And as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.